0: I'm here at uh, an IGDA meeting, and with me today is a special guest. How about
1: you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Martin Rubashevsky, the developer of Cyborg Mice Arena that's currently on Xbox Live Indie Games. And what is Cyborg Mice Arena about? Cyborg Mice Arena is a virtual training simulator for the Cyborg Mice. It's how they learn to fight before they go in the real world. So it's a four-player arcade shooter. Um, that's really fast-paced, and it has a lot of upgrade as upgrade system where you you kill stuff, you make money, you can buy more stuff to kill more stuff, okay. and you can unlock maps and cool weapons and stuff like that. So, do you play four-player uh, at the same time then, or is it? You could you could play it's one through four players. Yeah, you oh, can, so you could be single-player, or you can have play with your friends locally. It's a local sure. game, and the the cool thing is the um, the the maps scale to keep all the players on the screen together at once. And And is there more than four
0: players? Can you have? Is it like an MMO world where you can walk around and kind of chat with other mice?
1: No, no. This one is just uh, just limited to four players locally. And um, what inspired you with the idea? Um, Well, well, I guess you weren't here for the presentation, but I kind of okay. What I talked about was um, back in uh, school, I used to own mice when I was a young kid and uh, I had two mice and I ended up being 40 and I had to get rid of them well, not give them away to a pet store um, but I always you know I loved, I loved mice and I loved technology and sci-fi and this kind of this idea came up in school and I even have um, I showed up on during my presentation as one of the uh, pictures which I kept from high school that I drew of the mice and I've always wanted to do something with them so it was this universe I had in my mind and I said okay let's try to do a video game and it kind of made um, since it was going to be a shooter and it was going to be abstract I, I, it had to be a simulation, because if they were in their real-world environment, it would have been a much different game. But to keep it like a fun, fast game, we decided to make it, you know, it's the virtual training simulator, sort of like their own matrix. That's how they learn. And
0: uh, let's talk about the development process. What were some of the challenges and some of the benefits of developing for Xbox, okay. uh, for the indie game? The, I I mean, did, did, yeah. they, did they specifically
1: reach out to you, or did you go through the Creators Club? Or it's, what? It's, Yeah, it's re- Creators Club. I mean, it's... it's, it's set up people can do go on their own you know you pay the yearly membership fee and you do it um, the challenges were uh... well i guess just doing it by myself and and you know what we what i released first um, at the San last year san diego comic-con was a prototype and it was more like okay let's see what people thought so the response was good, so we continued to go with that, but then there were times I tried to maybe make the game too complicated, and it went in a different direction, and I ended up actually scrapping that, so there's about two months lost, where I decided to say, okay, screw it, let's go back, because if I went down this path, it would have required way more content, it would have yeah. pushed the game back, and I'm like, I wanted to be out by the next Comic-Con, so I said, okay, let's just keep it the simple fun shooter, that's what people like, Let's let's just... Um, set the goals we need to finish it and that's what we did I established the goals and we worked backwards like okay then what do we need at certain points and just got it done okay
0: and what were some of the challenges when you submitted to Xbox Live getting approved and stuff like that
1: Um, well it's um the 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 system, there's two there's You, you first submit the play test, sure. and we submitted about eight betas through play test, and we get feedback on it. And that was really good because you know, the first beta everyone was like, Oh my god, this game is so difficult. Yeah. So we toned it down dramatically for the second beta. And then each beta just had some minor, I think the biggest changes were between the first and second beta. After that, it was just more minor and more visual improvements sure. of the game, and just a little polishes here and there. Um, and then we went into peer review. And it took, you know, a couple weeks. I think the first time we submitted it, there was a bug somebody found right away, which we totally, you know, I totally overlooked. So I pulled it, fixed it, and I had to wait 10 days. That's a challenge also, is, is peer review, you can kind of pull stuff off and put it back up when you need to for a playtest review. But peer review, you, if you pull it or it gets rejected, you have to wait 10 days from the date you originally submitted it. So there's, you know, you can't, like, resubmit it right there. So you've you got to make sure you have a pretty polished version if you want to get it out in time. Luckily... Sure. I resubmitted it, and I got enough people to uh, review it, and got out in time for the Comic Con. So we went the, the week the week of Comic Con, we the game was out and available, and we were able to promote it. And we had people coming at the show, which is cool. Coming. Um, that were there the previous year that played the early prototype and they were like excited to see the the final game and stuff and play it, so.
0: Yeah, can you talk about, um, so you had a booth at Comic-Con, can you talk about the benefits of promoting your game at Comic-Con? Um, that's a little different, you know, if you're doing an online game, one would think that you would try to do it mainly online promotion. But I've heard of other people that have used these Comic-Con festivals to promote their games, can you talk about the benefits?
1: Well, okay, the benefits are, so far, pretty small, because if you're a a small independent, it's basically, you know, you're relying on, on the FaceTime and people spending the game like, you know, playing a game, spend time to play the game, liking it and then blogging about it. So we actually, at WonderCon, uh, before I found our final release, we actually had quite a few Bay Area, like, bloggers post about it, which is cool, kind of gave us some more exposure. So it's good to get extra exposure, but there's also a cost associated with that, so that's yeah. why we have merchandise, like t-shirts and stuff, that we sell, that it helps cover the cost of the um, booth, but, you know, because it's a downloadable game, we can't sell the game there, we can't make money there, yeah. but we just promote it, so at least people get to play it for free, and you get the exposure.
0: And were t-shirts even popular at this booth, um, because they couldn't actually buy the, buy the game there? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, the t-shirts are... Doing well, where they pretty much, you know, sometimes cover the cost of uh, most of the convention. So, um, you know, we just had to do like our first batch of T-shirts. We didn't. I think we might have were close to breaking even because we did such a small batch; it was expensive. So we had to do bigger batches of shirts. But people really like them. I mean, sometimes the, the crazy thing is, people come. Uh, at least once one person at every convention says, oh, my God, this is the best shirt of the convention. I mean, it's, it's, it's flattering to hear that. I was like, okay, cool. So somebody really likes it, and, and people wear them. You know, they, they put them on. I see them walking around the next day with it or whatever. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, using that merchandise because it's also a free advertisement. It's a walking billboard, you know. People are like, whoa, what is this thing? Because it's pretty unique. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's a really good thing.
0: And, um, you know, going back to the feedback, you said that initially it was too difficult. Uh, yeah. What did you have to change to make it more accessible to people? Um,
1: let's see. We had to kind of slow down the, the, the rate at which the enemies attacked, slow down the movement of the enemies, you know, um, increase the firing damage. It, it, it was much harder to survive in, in the early versions of the game. So that was one of the things. We had to have more pickups, like health and ammo, so you could easily get uh, recover you know, your, uh, your health and also ammo because you have to manage your own ammo in there, so you can't, you can't just hold the triggers and fire endlessly. Um, so we kind of increased the amount of ammo, you know, made the weapons a little stronger, reduced it, but also scaled the prices down in the store. Originally, like I said, it, during this presentation, was it, took, it would take about 10 hours to unlock everything. Yeah. And I was like, and somebody made a comment about that. It's like, hey, we, this isn't an MMO. I don't want to be grinding. And I'm like, yeah. you know, what? Well, you're right. So we, I, told, I went back, and after that comment, I was like, I, changed, I, I dropped the price. We had a, you know, clearance sale and and basically uh, within an hour within half hour to an hour you should be able to unlock you know 80-90% of the stuff in the game and and, you know so it's not I don't want to make it a chore I want people to unlock everything have fun and then they can play with their friends four player any way they want you know
0: and so what's next in store for the game and um, what are other things you're doing to promote the game
1: Um, well okay we're working on a web comic, so hopefully that'll go live. And, and why not a web version?
0: You know, um, of the game. Yeah, because it's it seems like you'd attract more people. Like I don't know if I'm sure a lot more people at Comic Con and some of these conferences have uh, consoles, but maybe they would reach out to the people that don't.
1: You know, a web version of this specific game would be very difficult because of the. Uh, performance for reasons because there's it's fully 3d and then it's you can have up to you know 300 enemies on screen at once oh, okay running super fast it just that's why there's also no networking it just we, we wouldn't be able to h- handle that um, future versions hopefully will do that but the thing we're working on actually is I- integrating the sunburn renderer sure it's a sunburn rendering engine and we're gonna' um, improve the visuals. so by the end of the year we're gonna release this update free update that's going to like really improve the visuals give you way better lighting sure. and and if it doesn't affect the frame rate much we'll also get shadows in there you know but we're, we're still working
0: on that so and uh, any other gameplay enhancements modifications as you release
1: for this version i'm not going to touch the gameplay the, the upgrade is going to be a purely visual upgrade um, but we are, you know, I am, I do take notes of what people say. So for like a 2.0 or whatever, we're, we're definitely going to. Restructure it. You know, it's, it's going to be a different game. We, you know, we'll probably use the same uh, visual style and angle. You know, yeah. 3D angle, but we're we're going to change the game to be to be different.
0: And um, what suggestions then do you have for other indie game developers that want to develop for Xbox and just in general? You know, going through the whole indie experience.
1: Um, well, first thing is finish the game. You know, make realistic goals. Cut features if you need to. If you need to, you know, that's what I did. It's like I needed to get it out. I said, okay, let's down what we—the core elements that we need in a game—and let's get it done. Um, so I think that's that's the biggest thing. Sometimes a lot of people—I mean, I, I was guilty of this also. You, you know, your 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 heads in the clouds, and yeah, you want you these big visions of this MMO with all this other stuff that you just that require a hundred people and millions of dollars to develop, you know, or hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. So, you know, me keep it realistic, keep it small, start simple. Um, you know especially now with the new pricing structure on Xbox Live you know at the, the indie games um, you know we're actually going to do a non cyber mice game this year okay. it's going to be a simple a dollar game but it's going to be fun. It's just going to be a you know, simple, fun, casual game that we're experimenting with, and we'll see how those do. And that may also, you know, we might release those like every couple months to kind of help supplement the income and keep us going for the bigger games. Sure. You know.
0: And um, where can a can listeners find out more information then about the game?
1: The game? The yeah. best? I mean, cyborgmice.com, just the way how it's said. Um, Great. The website has links to the... Uh, not only the xbox live page for the marketplace to buy it or and also it has a link to we have the iphone app oh. Starberg mice iphone app that has the origin book it's completely free and it's got also pictures of the t-shirts the patches the art prints and information about the game and so it's got you know it's a sort of like your one stop shop for uh, everything we have related to Starberg mice right.
0: thank you very much